Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. You but God with good credits. In today's episode of Two Black Guys with Good Credit, we decided to dig in the crates for a special episode from a little while back with friend of the show and honorary black guy with good credit, the Honorable Eric Adams. At the time of that taping, Mr. Adams held the office of Brooklyn Borough President, but he let us know then that he was planning to run for mayor of New York. Well, now, fast forward, New York recently held their elections, and our friend is now mayor-elect of New York City. That's right. Eric Adams is now the mayor-elect of New York City. So, of course, we had to run this episode back. So let's play it again. In this episode, Mr. Adams talks about the importance of teaching financial literacy and much more. So let's get into it. Check it out. Hey, listeners, welcome to Two Black Guys with Good Credit, the show for the financially curious and the financially knowledgeable. Today, it's all about the power of financial literacy, what we like to call the one-two punch. Yes. And I have here with me the lovely Dion, the lady with the cold heart stats and facts. Hi, everybody. But we have a special guest, another black guy with good credit, not Arlington, not Derek, but we have Borough, Brooklyn Borough President Eric Adams on our show today. Nice to be here, and I, I guess that I'm representative of the symbolic black guy, because this is a beautiful young lady, so she's not one of the black guys. <laughs> Absolutely not. She, you are that black guy today with good credit. And he, we are here to talk about financial literacy and what Brooklyn is trying to do to make it a permanent thing with young people. So without further ado, we're going to let Matt take it away to commercial so we can get this show started. It's financial literacy, the one-two punch, good people. Listen in. Matt, take us away. Thanks, Sean. That's right. It's time for a quick sponsor break. So we're going to continue this conversation with Eric Adams right after these messages. So stay tuned and keep it locked. back to this throwback episode of Two Black Guys with Good Credit featuring newly elected mayor of New York City, Eric Adams. So let's jump back into it. 
Welcome back to the show, Two Black Guys with Good Credit, the show for the financially curious and the financially knowledgeable. Like I just said, we have our honorary black guy with good credit, Borough President Eric Adams, today on the show. And we're talking about financial literacy, the one-two punch. So without further ado, we're going to get into the questions. Borough President, are you ready? Yes, I am. Good, great to be here. And this is a popular conversation for me. It's one of the first things I started here at Borough Hall is to really engage people in financial literacy. And it's something uh, that elected officials normally uh, won't really go into this area and this space. Because if you were to do an analysis, a lot of elected officials are going through financial crisis as well. And I've spoke, I have uh, communicated with some notable uh, public figures uh, who you see every day uh, wearing Brook Brothers suits and driving fancy vehicles and nice shoes, red bottoms and nice bags. Uh, but they talk about that they are one or two paychecks away from crisis. And you know, even saw so during a public advocate race, uh, Jemani Williams is one of the um, best elected officials that we have in the city, but he was going through some personal financial crises around uh, some of his properties. And even the uh, Attorney General, uh, Letitia James, um, during previous days, she was having some issues with her home and her mortgages. And so you can go official after official, and you'll see that you know public life can be private to spare when you have financial uh, trauma. Well, a certain top flat. official I heard uh, writes off over $150 million in debt every year. So, I mean, it's a problem. And it's good to say that you share that with us because I'm sure people listening from the outside looking in, you wouldn't think that politicians are going through the same thing that the everyday person is as far as managing their bills and paying their bills on time and maintaining good credit. So is there any advantage by being a politician when it comes to credit or anything like that? Does it help you in any way, get you through any doors? Or it's the same, same as anybody else? Same trauma. You know, you walk to to a bank, uh, you know, Citibank or uh, Chase, and you try to get a mortgage. They're looking at your credit score. They're not looking, looking at your election scores. Wow. They could care less if you won 70% of the vote. The question is, is do you have a, a credit score that is uh, seven or, or eight or a high credit score? Because if you don't, it impacts you in many ways. And many people are not connecting the dots. Credit scores can impact your employment, if you're going to be hired or not. Uh, it impacts on how large your uh, interest rate could be on your vehicle. Uh, it just impacts you so many ways on how credit scores are used. Wow. So it sounds like it's a, it's a personal thing with you, which is good. And I can feel the passion. Um, we know that you are Brooklyn all the way. Originally born in Brownsville, right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, Let's just, I mean, we, like I said, our listeners are come from all over the world, so those that don't know you, just like give us high-level few things about you yourself that you'd want to share with the world. Well, well Brooklyn is the third largest city in America with 2.6 million people. And it is an extremely diverse place where uh, 47% of Brooklynites speak a language other than English at home. And we have the largest population of so many different groups. We're the largest Caribbean diaspora uh, throughout the entire globe. We have the largest Jewish population outside of Israel, uh, the largest Chinese, one of the largest Chinese and Asian population, one of the largest Russian-speaking population, um, communities from Pakistan, Yemen, all over the 
Globe um, is right here in the borough of Brooklyn. And probably the only common denomina- denominator is the challenge around um, finances. You know, so although we come from different places on the globe, we all sit at the same place when we talk about economic despair. Uh, I started out uh, my public life in the police department. I was a captain. I retired as a captain and ran for state senate. I was elected to state senate. And then after seven years in uh, as a legislator, I became the borough president of Brooklyn as the first person of color to be the borough president in Brooklyn. <laughs> well done. Um, I will say it was a it was a very uh, proud moment uh, for financially clean to uh, stand with you at the mm. press conference last month, mm. uh, financial literacy month, mm-hmm. um, when you announced your bill to actually make uh, financial literacy a permanent part of the high school curriculum. Um, something that we had originally envisioned um, uh, when we first you know, launched our nonprofit. Uh, can you share with the nation, the world, um, what this bill is really about? It's about information, and you know, it's almost alarming that we're having a conversation about having to pass a law to have young people learn about um, financial literacy. Um, something that would probably impact our lives more than any other area. Um, when you look at you know being financially healthy and physically healthy will have a greater impact on the quality of life of a person. If you uh, cannot pay your bills, which we find, which, which is very interesting, 40% of New Yorkers have a sufficiency uh, deficit. It means that they don't have uh, the amount of income that would allow them to have their basic needs, food, shelter, clothing, 40%. It's not only not only low income, we're not talking about people who are the messengers or making minimum wage. We're talking about teachers, firefighters, uh, law enforcement, you know, doctors, because if you live in a certain community and you're paying an overwhelming amount of your money to rent, God forbid if you have a, a student loan or if you have children who you have to pay for school and, and food, and when you do an analysis, we're finding that going and attending soup kitchens and food pantries, they are middle-income New Yorkers because they're not managing or they're going through some type of financial crisis. And so this bill is saying, let's start out young. I believe we should go back to elementary school and teach children based on their uh, level of comprehension, but we should start having conversations around money. What is a credit card? What are interest rates? What are high interest rate cards? What does it mean to pay down a minimum amount on a credit card and how much you pay after 15, 20 years? And what does it mean to pay cash for something? What is a savings account? How do you save for college? All of these conversations are important, and we have to ask ourselves, where are people learning it? Let me, let me just piggyback on what, on what you're mm-hmm. saying, because... Deanna and I ourselves with our program Financially Clean, we were fortunate enough to teach all through New York City. And we've taught in your back door in Brownsville. And we taught at Jefferson High School. And, you know, it's amazing to see the transition in these kids because we stay. Our program is a 12 week program because we are trying to make a change. We're not just in and out in one day. So they're going home, asking questions to their parents, reiterating stuff. And you can see they're learning. You see the mind clicking. I mean, and you can see like we've we've taught kids that, quote unquote, are call themselves boosters or scammers. And you can see that, wow, I can make money legal. I can do things legal and how credit it can help me and how I can develop and how I can grow and the questions they come back with and the interest and I've, I've even had one principal ask me 
You've never had problems with any kids at Jefferson? I said, I've been teaching financial literacy for almost four years, and I've have yet to have a bad student. Class is quiet, cell phones are down, kids are paying attention because they want the information. And it's unbelievable, and it's finally taken us to 2019 for someone like yourself to now say, you know, let's make this a permanent fixture. Because I think it's really just them, kids not having the information. Once they have the information, it's mind-changing, it's life-changing, it's community-changing. So I applaud you once again for, for doing this because I see it firsthand, the effect of financial literacy with these young people. And saying that you want to start off with young people is where it should start. And, you know, people have always tried to pull us into being like a credit repair program. And that's not what we're trying to do. We're trying to be proactive when it comes to credit, just like what you're trying to do. So for all those listeners, it really has an effect. It really makes a change. So once again, that's why I wanted to interview, because I'm, I'm literally applauding you for taking on this initiative. And, and, and you just, you know, you really have it right, and you're hitting it out, hitting it out the park when you do an analysis. And that is why we're calling on the state and assembly to just hold hearings and move this bill forward. Uh, Leroy Comrie, who's a good friend of mine, and assembly women, uh, assemblyman uh, Daniel uh, Rosenthal are really pushing this bill, and it's going to allow um, uh, students to learn financial planning, budgeting, borrowing interest rates, personal insurance policies, and what's the impact of all of these uh, uh, items. Now, we're not new. Unfortunately, New York is late to the game because you you have um, several states that have already required personal finance course to be taught at uh, graduate and to, to graduate high school. So we're saying you're not getting out of high school until you learn how to manage the money when you get out. And so, you know, hooray to those states like uh, Alabama, Missouri, Tennessee, Utah, in Virginia. So we need to be on the forefront of this conversation. This is a real issue when you look at um, how finance can really traumatize and remove the quality of life. So I'm actually curious um, for you growing up, you know, what was the biggest influence for you? Um, You know, who uh, either was it words of wisdom? Was it, you know, Modeling after your parents, where did you? Where were you influenced, and how did you learn about personal finance? And that's that's inter- that's very interesting. Uh, uh, my mother was always a person who knew how to eke out a dollar, you know, and I- I'm amazed that you know, she just knew the basic understanding coming from the South that it was always important to own a home, and she focused on that. Uh, but my my credit would have been destroyed if it wasn't for you know a, a shorty in my life. Behind every good man is a good right? woman. Yeah. Um, Shout out to the shorty. You listen. I know you're listening. <laughs> We're the group that keeps on giving. You know. <laughs> and and I remember she would you know back when I was a rookie cop because I had no real understanding you know when I get that when I got the bill in the mail that said it was late, I was I was sort of like, you know what, you get the money when I send it to you, you know, so what, you, you're upset. And she would say, listen, you're going to mess up your credit. And she would actually mail in the check for me because she said, I don't want you to have bad credit. Later in life, you, you're going to want to buy a home. And I had no idea, you know, about this whole conversation about credit scores. I had no idea about, you know, needing a strong score when you go to, you know, purchase a home. And later, when we purchased a co-op together, the two of us, and I had to go to Citibank for my first mortgage, and the first thing they asked when I sat down was, you know, hey, how's your credit score? 
and I looked over at her and smiled because she was dead on. What did you say, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> I see you. <laughs> you know, but imagine if, if I didn't have her to show me that, then I would not have been able to purchase that uh, co-op that led to using it as a down payment to purchase my brownstone that led it to purchase a, an additional property. You know, so the the foundation of my ability to acquire some form of um, of institutional wealth for my family was based on the conversation of someone that knew the intelligence about credit. That's a great story, actually. Um, I can say personally, um, really, uh, I had a single mom who had come from the Caribbean, didn't know anything about the credit system, and uh, the one thing she told me was, always have a roof over your head and pay your bills on time. That's that the extent of it. So the fact that you had someone in your life, that you're very fortunate because a lot of us don't have that. And they don't. And you know what? We, we wear our wealth on our backs on our cars. And, you know, you, I, I, I am telling you, you would be surprised how many folks you think have their life together and then you take a peek at their credit or their savings or their retirement and it will blow you away. Well, I, have a, I have a rule of thumb in New York. I don't, I don't rate anybody until I see where they're living. I've seen some guys. I remember I had a good friend who I won't name, but his brother managed one of the top hotels in New York City had on the best suits. We had champagne service every time we went out to the club. And the bouncer let him in, and he is his house was his brother's couch. I mean, that's, <laughs> <laughs> that was his. Not a So I, I'm 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 with you on that, and you know, and we all have inspirations like your story. My similar. My mom, unfortunately, never really saw the advantage of owning. We grew up in government housing, but when she she did was always push paying bills on time and right. we, we really extended our she kept our fridge full and our house fully furnished to the part of the social work in her head the social worker was jealous of us because <laughs> <laughs> we had everything going on she was so the social worker come our house was spotless so but she used credit to do that I, I don't want to know what interest rate she was paying at the time but she right. was using credit to, to provide for us and to provide shelter for us so her always paying bills on time was what kept me um, you know good in the credit game yeah, I, I had a good friend who purchased a car, and he uh, he purchased the car, took out the interest or the credit that the car dealer connected him with, five years deep. And you know, he's he he's talking about he went to purchase a home, and he said, you know, Eric, my credit score was low. Do you know why? I said, well, why don't you bring your credit report? Let me look at your your payment. First of all, he was um, his his leverage of uh, credit to debt was so high. And five years of paying for the car, he realized that he only paid three thousand dollars. You know, on the actual cost of the car of a thirty-seven thousand dollar car. He was so busy paying this high interest rate car, and I said, you know, you're gonna be paying for this car. You might as well bought purchase a Rolls Royce. <laughs> amongst African Americans, our, our number one asset is a car, and that's a depreciating yes. asset. And to be taking so much energy into owning that is is an amazing thing. And it's just a mindset that, once again, through what we're trying to teach the young adults can make that shift that change because you know i do have a car but you know my tenants pay for my car that's how i i look at it and that's and that's what i we try to show these kids too in our program is that hey you can have all the great things in life but you know there's a way in which to build and do it how credit can help you do that like nobody's trying to tell you to go out life being conservative being cheap it's just about doing things strategically 
So true, so true. And you, 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 if you make the sacrifices on the front end, you could have all those benefits on the back end. Amen. You know, I, you know, I went without on the front end because I said I wanted to build a level of of comfortable uh, wealth that I can do some of the things on the back end, and it has it has paid off. Well, yeah, yeah, it's true, and you don't really see it. I mean, I, I know these young people think that you know, 50 or 40 is this age that dinosaurs live in. But one day, <laughs> when you get there and if you lay the foundation properly, you will see all the benefits and how easy the road will be from then on. Yes, delayed gratification is a powerful thing. It really is. Mm-hmm. Now, you had mentioned the five states um, that are actually doing it well. Mm-hmm. Um, of the 45 states that do include personal finance in their K-12 through um, curriculum. Uh, so it's kind of shocking, isn't it, that only five are really getting a passing grade, however. Um, and that was according to um, a report that was done by uh, Champlain College Financial Literacy, Financial Literacy Center. Mm-hmm. Um, and why these five um, states stood out, and that was, as you said, Alabama, Missouri, Tennessee, Utah, and Virginia, um, was because they actually implemented, implemented certain things, like you said, um, standardized testing. Um, they actually made it a required class and not just, you know, kind of feeding it into other, you know, um, class like economics or what have you. Um, so just out of curiosity, what, what do you envision for New York's um, program that you feel will really uh, create a stronghold here and really empower our, our youth? I think uh, age-specific uh, uh, course curriculum mm-hmm. you know um, you look at the age and you figure out um, at what age they should be learning um, various skills and this is well thought out already we know when a, when a child's in pre-k what, what they should learn when a child is in first second and third attached to the curricula that exists should be um, financial literacy. What should what should what should they be learning at? You know, in pre K, first second. So it should be already built into uh, their mindset and their thinking. You know, what does it mean to purchase a home? What does it mean? Um, what should the mortgage be? Those different scenarios, doing uh, vignettes and and conversation and role playing. Hey, you you are a banker. You know, why didn't you give little Johnny that house? Well, little Johnny. Was owing such and such credit cards. Now you start to build it into your everyday interactions. You know, doing doing comparative analysis of a little Bob spent X amount of dollars uh, on a car, and he now wants to purchase such and such. But this is how much he makes. You know, when you do those real role plays, it becomes real for children, and then repeat them over and over again so they could understand the principles of it. Wow. Well, there's a great mm-hmm. program. I know that's something similar. There's a 12 week program called Financially Clean that I think could we we could create a great marriage here. Okay, everybody, stay tuned. It's time for us to take a quick sponsor break, but we'll be right back with more with our conversation with newly elected mayor of New York, Eric Adams. So keep it locked. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. 
That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome back to Two Black Guys with Good Credit. And this throwback episode where we interviewed newly elected mayor of New York, Eric Adams. So let's jump back into it. Okay, once again, I know you're from Brownsville. And this has always been my thing. This is what inspires me to keep pushing financial literacy down and and never give up on it is because, you know, I, I always tell people, you know, close your eyes and just imagine how different do you think Brownsville, Brooklyn would look or any, you know, challenging community in that part if everybody in that community had good credit? How would that community look once you educate and inform people? I mean, I think a lot of work, politicians, a lot of your, your job would be a lot easier from policing, from, you know, homeownership, from taking care of the community. Because once people gather this knowledge that we're trying to teach, I think it changes the mindset. Right, right, right. And, and, and also cha- it, it also changes your disposition. You, you go from uh, not living in a state of emergency. When we look at the overwhelming number of people who uh, can't handle a, a $400 emergency that will come up in their, li- in, their, in their lives, you know, and, you know, those who just have a just a total bleak outlook of their economic future. Well, particularly our, the, the millennials, you know, our young people, you know, they, the instant lifestyle is also the instant economics. And not, it's amazing how uh, intelligent we are, but we don't focus on those things that, ha- that have a great impact on our lives. He'll do one instant gratification. My son doesn't want to work at my store. He just wants to sell stuff on StockX. <laughs> <laughs> I, and I and I honestly believe too, like even in, in low income neighborhoods, like social programs were originally designed as bridges, you know, and now they're just and now they're just dependency, lifelong passed on skills, you know, to the next generation and so forth. So I think with financial literacy again, I think social programs would be reduced and the cost of those would be lessened because people would realize, yeah. And and you're right, um, social programs uh, should be uh, bridges, not foundations. That you live on right. and you continue to hand down from generation to generation. And the name of the game, if we use social programs correctly, then they will be available for those who are in high needs and you can move on to the next step, use it as a, as a ladder. And that's not what we're doing. Right, right. We're actually leaving our, um, 
when we pass away, our in terms of inheritance, we're actually leaving negative. Exactly. Right? So, well said. Yeah, well said. So, um, and how different do you think? Um, I know you were a police officer 22 years. How different do you think if some of the people that, you know, people that were incarcerated that you may arrest, they were financial literacy, do you think it would make a difference in far as arrest rates and so forth? And it should be something, in those who are incarcerated, there's no reason we can't have financial literacy programs while you're inside. Absolutely. You know, you you because when you get out, you're going to have to, you know, balance uh, your, crep, your your, your check, check account. You're going to not do the acts that put you in in the first place. You know, the... The importance of teaching people how to manage their money and how to use their money correctly is something that a society uh, should have part of their everyday interaction. And it's really, uh, it's, it's alarming that those who are making the decisions, they are slow on understanding how important it is that those who are um, getting paid and living from paycheck to paycheck, learning the process of paying yourself first, putting away. I don't care if it's a dollar. Some people say, well, you know, I have nothing to put away. Well, let's try a dollar a week. That's $50 a month. You know? yes, yes. I mean, $50 a, um, a, a year, $52 a year. So it's about really rethinking and changing the paradigm of what money is and how it impacts your life. You talk to young offenders and, you know, once again, mind-blowing for them, questions they asked, the inspiration that they got, you know, and how, good, how they felt that they can make something, they can do something. And although they had their past, that there's a still a bright future ahead of them if they manage and play the game right. So true, so true. And it's about creating uh, optimisms, when, optimism. And when you take an examination, how people are optimistic about their financial future. And, you know, here in America, only 16% of Americans between the ages of 18 to 26 are very optimistic. Uh, they're overwhelming. When you look at it, uh, we're talking about 84% are not optimistic at all. And that's alarming because if you don't see a future, then you don't believe in the future and you don't believe in yourself in the process. There, you don't realize just how much, as you said, trauma, how much emotional, um, how much emotions attached around finance. Right. It should be from the cradle. Yeah. From the cradle on, you know, we did a, a great initiative, Council Member Traeger and I, in 2017. Uh, we uh, pushed past a bipartisan uh, law at helping parents prepare for the future college expenses. We um, had our bill require the health department within three months of a child's birth uh, to distribute financial planning and college saving plan materials for the parents and guardians of the child. I don't know what I would have done. Uh, my son went to American University. The tuition for the school was $54,000 a year. And I was a, a lieutenant at the time. And, you know, I don't know too many lieutenants that could write a $54,000 a year check. <laughs> you know, but because I did the college savings plan, I saved up enough to pay a, an entire uh, tuition semester. And it just helped a lot because that allowed me to always be one step ahead. So all I had to do was really be ready for the next semester. I was already one, one semester ahead, and I just had to just continue to save to catch up. And he was able to graduate from college debt-free. Yes, that, that's a, I mean, that's such a competitive yes, advantage. I mean, it's, yes, it's, it's it such a competitive advantage to be able to. You know, when you yeah. know that you're outside zero. of mortgages... 
right now, um, student loan debt is the number one form of consumer mm. debt. Mm. So kudos to you, Dad. Right. <laughs> I remember the day I was worth zero. I was like 31 years old. I was like, I am at zero. I paid off. Like, I was so happy. Can imagine <laughs> being 24 or 25 and being at zero is a gift. It I mean, is. that's a great. It gift. Really, and I, I believe Obama. I don't know when he beca- if, when he became senator or president. One of the two. He just paid off his college. <laughs> well, in the meantime, uh, Borough President, um, while you work on getting this ever so critical bill passed. Um, We know that two-thirds of parents are reluctant to talk about personal finance at home. Um, That's according to a a T. Rowe Price survey. Uh, What would be the one thing you would say to parents right now? Uh, don't be ashamed. Uh, it's an ET moment. They are not alone. They got to explain to the millennium what ET means, okay? Extraterrestrial. That movie. If you haven't seen it, it's in the 1980. Some kids are like, what? <laughs> you know, it was Steven Spielberg. Yes, for those who don't know. No, great movie to watch. But it's, but it's, it's really uh, the signature quote in that movie was, you're not alone. And they should feel that way. They're not alone. You know, this is a problem that is is pervasive throughout the entire country and to start every day take one week and say this week I'm going to learn about a particular topic and then actually introduce it implement it into your 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 lives um, give your, your your son or daughter a quarter and say you need to add that quarter five cents of that quarter you're going to put away as a saving uh, the other 20 cents you're going to figure out how you're going to do something that's going to help you make money out of that 20 cents and let them start doing little things uh, having a paper route uh, Kool-Aid stand right shoe shine box route back in the day. Right. we put up our, our son had a lemonade stand in Clinton Hill and he was selling really lemon and water for $3 a glass and he, he was making $200 every time he lost his phone he had to set up a lemonade stand <laughs> for those people that don't know Brooklyn is a great borough to set up a lemonade stand because these people pay $3 for water and lemons so it, it, he was amazed at how much money he could make in a two hour time period and we don't and we don't do that I remember when my son was uh, he's doing his masters now and, you know, are you helping with that one? Or he's on yeah, his own? The one that left American University is now doing are you, help, are you helping that tuition or he's on his own? You no, know, I'm helping him with it. But at the same time, but I told him that, you know, I, would, I do the first year and the rest is on you. Wow. You know, And he thought he was going to, you know, be the ball president's dad. I said, no, you're going to be, you're going you gonna to wait tables? Gonna watch, right. <laughs> and because it, it, it builds character. It Absolutely. It builds Absolutely. character. Absolutely. And, you know. Like you have entitlement issues. You, you know, you know and, <laughs> that's a whole other conversation. And as you stated, you you build institutional wealth. You know, I have I only have one child, so all that I have is going to be turned over to him. All your energy's there, and I don't want him blowing. You know, you know, you he, you were going to inherit a, a a million dollar plus brownstone, and you can't maintain the pa- the payment. And that's what happens often. So absolutely, absolutely. Well, right. No. Yes. Right. So true. Um, well, thank you for that. Powerful, Sean. Um, so I'm going to put you on the spot, but first of all, I want to say, um, for those that haven't come to Borough Hall, it's a beautiful building and you should take note of, I think it's one of the oldest political buildings in Brooklyn, if not the oldest building. Yes, it is. I'm the oldest gov- governmental building in Brooklyn. Absolutely. It used to be the city hall of Brooklyn. Exactly. And for those that are visiting New York, you should make this part of your tourist tour to come and check it out. 
Um, with that being said, we've had a number of conversations of teaching free financial literacy classes to the, not only the people of Brooklyn, but to anybody in New York City that wants to attend. So I'm asking you, when and how can we make this uh, a reality? Uh, let's, let's do it. Tell let's us, it. you know, Sandra Chapman, who's here, she's made this her call in, my chief programming officer. And we should definitely connect with you and Sandra so that we can make it a reality. We have been in several schools. We have partnered with several banks. And we would like to continue to expand that. This is an important issue for us here at Borough Hall. So I can put you, on a, so I can put you down and say for, it's happening. We're going to be teaching free classes for the public to come and attend, right? Yes, yes. We, you have this space. You can use it. And we look forward to the partnership. You heard that. You heard that. <laughs> He's committing. Okay. Thank you, sir. Now, Borough President, before we go, yes. what's next? Oh, City Hall. Everyone knows that my aspiration is to be the mayor of the city, to make this a financially sound city, and implement real program as we specifically deal with the financial literacy conversation, that there's some things that we could do in City Hall. Uh, I have yet to hear uh, any of the mayors uh, talk about financial literacy. I have yet to see them roll it out as their campaign uh, and have it part of their real conversation. Conversation, You know, outside of Mayor Bloomberg, who was a businessman that even looked at finance lightly. But why don't we have a citywide agenda around financial literacy? And that is my goal. And there's a process to get to City Hall. You have to uh, get your message out to as many people as possible. We're going through that process. But my goal um, as a police officer to one day serve this city as a chief executive. And we're moving towards that. God willing, in 2021, uh, we will make right. it happen. All right. Well, thank you for being the catalyst in that space. Yes. <laughs> we wish you the utmost on your campaign. We're excited to watch. Where can the people find you? Where can they follow you? Well, they can, if you go online and Google me, we have a great uh, Bell Hall website. It's uh, www dot Brooklyn I'm looking at it now BrooklynUSA.org <laughs> www.brooklyn-usa.org and you just find out a lot of material on what we're doing but we're easy to Google uh, if you Google um, Eric Adams Brooklyn Borough President it's a fine way to keep in touch with us and you're also on we're on Instagram and we're on Twitter so okay. we're out there in the social media uh, universe and as well as Facebook awesome give them your handle the the best way to get that handle is to Google <laughs> <laughs> you sound just like me <laughs> well my brother from another mother it's been a pleasure having you on our show I really appreciate what you're doing thank you and thank you bro president and for all your staff for making this happen and um as we say in two black guys with good credit you are financially knowledgeable and you have been certified as a black guy with good credit thank you very much. <laughs> appreciate thank you. you thank you thank you, thank you. okay people well, that brings this classic throwback episode of two black guys with good credit to a close of course we have to thank newly elected mayor of new york city eric adams also, honorary black guy with good credit, Eric Adams. He's friend of the show, Eric Adams. We have to thank him for his thoughts and vision on financial literacy. We appreciate him joining us, and we look forward to speaking with him and uh, helping him along the way of this journey of leading this great city. And uh, thank you. We, we uh, hope you enjoyed the episode, and, and stay tuned for more Two Black Guys with Good Credit. We're out. Black guy.
Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.